Lecture topic. Reflection on the causes of our own destruction. Alhamdulillah. <coughs> Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhina stafa. Amma ba'du fa'arudu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Most respected Ramayakiram, brothers and elders. This is a very common thing. That if a person sees something that has just happened or something out of place, something that is not how he would like it to be, it's unusual. Now he wants to get to the bottom of it, to find out what's the reason, why is this in this manner, what is the cause behind this issue. In a more specific manner, if somebody suddenly has been fired from a job, he's working for one company for a long time, on a very good position, and a very good salary, and everything is going well, and then suddenly he got dismissed, now he's in a dire situation, and this became a very difficult situation, so now anybody who's close to him, anybody who is close to the situation, they would want to know what happened, why, try to get to the bottom of it, something, there must be some issue, what happened here? If somebody suddenly his family just all kicked him out, everybody ostracized him, everybody wants to be having nothing to do with him. So now anybody who knows him well, anybody who is his friend, anybody who is his associate will want to know something happened here, what happened? How come this person has been suddenly just kicked out? This person has been now alienated from everybody in his family. Or suddenly the whole neighborhood, everybody just suddenly becomes, they, they all agree on one thing, this person, we don't want him anywhere in our own neighborhood. We must expel him from here. This sounds like a very strange thing. Where did we hear something like this? Somebody got expelled from the neighborhood. The whole community came together and they said, no, we have nothing to do with him. So when any such thing happens, it will make a person very curious, number one, to know what happened. But just curiosity itself is not going to make anything. But now anybody who is close to the situation, he would want to try and find out what happened after all. Now these are things that carry on in day-to-day life and we do get to the bottom of things. We do try to find out after all, what's the problem? What's the issue? Something has happened. So somebody that gets dismissed by his employer, somebody gets chased out of his home, somebody gets expelled by his community, 
All these things create a lot of concern, create a lot of anxiety, make people get active to try and do something. Can we imagine if somebody has been taken out of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala? Somebody has been, so to say, expelled from the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Somebody has been distanced, not by his family, by friends, by the neighborhood. He has been distanced away from Allah Ta'ala. What would be that situation? Somebody who is one community, neighborhood, friends, they chase him out, but find somebody else. He may go some other place, people might take him in. He got chased out of his home, maybe some uncle, some relative in another town will take him in. Somebody, his friends all decided they want to have nothing to do with him, he might find new friends. But if somebody has been distanced by Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala has distanced him away from the Rahmat and from his mercy, where is he going to find that? That cannot be found anywhere else that the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala that has been now taken away from him, he has been deprived of that mercy and grace of Allah Ta'ala, that where else can he ever get it? Because the grant, the one that grants that mercy is only Allah Ta'ala. And the one who grants everything is only Allah Ta'ala. Now in the Quran Sharif and in many ahadith is the discussion and the mention about those who get distanced from the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. And whether it's on an individual note, whether it is on a collective note, there are so many issues as individuals, as families, as communities, as the Ummah at large. So many things, so many difficulties, so many hardships, so many problems. But does it make us start searching? We see somebody in some issue, we want to know what happened. We see ourselves in so many issues and we don't know what happened. We just take it for granted, it must have been something else, not me. Whereas that's something to reflect on, what happened? So now, is it something from me, from my actions, from the way I'm conducting myself, that has led me to become distanced from the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala? And if that is the case, then there's nothing else can save me. But that I come back to the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala by doing those things that will bring Allah's Rahmat and by staying far away from those things, making Tawbah from things that draw down the Lanat of Allah Ta'ala. In this world, we have a very short stay. And we want to live under the shade of the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. Because that is going to pave the way for the next life. The person who conducts himself in such a way in dunya, that he lives under the shade of the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. Then this will pave the way for the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala to continue in his cover also. And for him to be under the shade of the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. And inshallah with the Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala to go straight to Jannah. And Allah forbid, if a person lives his life in dunya in such a way that he's already under the lanat of Allah Ta'ala in dunya. He's under the curse of Allah Ta'ala in dunya already. Then this is what's 
paving the way for what might follow. Allah forbid that he continues his life till the last moment in the same manner and suddenly moth comes. Then he goes in the lana of Allah Ta'ala. Allah forbid his cover becomes the same. And the day of Qiyamah also he is under the same lana of Allah Ta'ala. And Allah forbid where that will then take him to. So this is a very very sensitive aspect that is dealt with in the Quran Sharif, in the Ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That what are those asbab, those means that bring down lanat of Allah Ta'ala. And that is what we have to reflect on. Are we perhaps the architects of our own disaster? Are we the ones drawing down azab on ourselves? Whether on an individual level, whether on a collective level, whether at the ummah at large. And then having reflected, coming to understand where our problems lie, we have to make toba. And we have to get everybody to make toba. We ourselves have to make toba, get our families on to making toba. Our near and dear ones encourage them towards toba, the entire ummah at large. So in this ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited in Surah Al-Ahzab, Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُؤْذُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ لَعَنَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَعَدَّ لَهُمْ عَذَابًا مُهِينًا That those who cause pain to Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Causing pain to Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala is above any kind of any emotions that makhluk feel Allah is the khaliq Allah Ta'ala is totally free of all this. Who can ever cause pain to Allah Ta'ala Na'uzubillah? Allah Ta'ala is above all this and pure of all this. And Allah is Allah. Who can ever come to try and oppose Allah in any way? Or try to show His might in front of Allah Ta'ala? What might He has? doesn't have any iota of anything. So Allah Ta'ala can never be caused any harm. But the harm is back to the person who does what he's doing. So Allah Ta'ala says those who cause pain to Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in reality it's the matter of causing pain to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But the one who causes pain to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it is so to say that he has caused pain to Allah Ta'ala. Allah is above this. Allah is free of any kind of pain. Allah Ta'ala is totally free of any deficiency of any sort any fault, any blemish, to feel pain is weakness. Allah is completely free of any weakness. But to cause pain to Nabi Karim Salaam, it is so to say to cause pain to Allah Ta'ala, what this means is the end result of that. That end result will be punishment. Allah is above any pain. But the end result of this is punishment. So Allah Ta'ala says those who cause pain to Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُعْذُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ What will be the effect of this? لَعَنَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ Allah's la'anat is upon them in dunya and in akhirat as well. Allah's la'anat upon them in dunya. La'anat al-ib'aad an rahmatillah. What is the meaning of la'anat? 
that a person becomes distant from Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat. Without Allah's Rahmat, for one moment we can't survive. We are totally dependent on it. Allah Ta'ala teaches away His special Rahmat, and then the general Rahmat, and if every bit of Rahmat goes, we'll be left without, we won't survive for one second. But Allah Ta'ala gives respite at some level. How does this lanat manifest itself? One is in the akhirat, it is the punishment of Allah Ta'ala. With dunya wal akhirah. In the akhirat, that is the clear manifestation of that lanat. In dunya, in dunya it comes in many different forms. Allah Ta'ala protect us from every level. Allah Ta'ala save us from ever falling into the lanat of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala keep us under His rahmat at all times. But this comes in many different ways. And one of the most severe ways that this lanat manifests itself is salbut tawfiq. That the ability of righteousness, the ability of doing good, the ability of taking the right steps, the ability of doing what is going to be beneficial for him in dunya and akhirat, the ability to think straight and do the right things. The ability to engage himself in that which will bring Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat. That tawfiq gets taken away. That tawfiq gets snatched away. And now when that tawfiq is gone, then everything externally can come around to try and nudge him and to coax him and to try and push him into doing something good. But if Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq is gone, then the whole world can get together and nothing is going to happen. And this is the most severe way in which this lanat manifests itself. That the tawfiq from the side of Allah Ta'ala is gone. Now that drive towards righteousness, person's eye was on the clock when it's salah time, he wants to be in the masjid, and he cannot... He is not feeling comfortable, he feels restless until he's completed his tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, until he's made his zikr. He feels very uneasy if he is tempted towards some sin. Perhaps his heart might also get tempted, but there will be a huge restraint within himself. How can I do this? There will be a reproach from inside. This is wrong, this is not something for me to even think about. All this is part of that tawfiq. And Allah forbid when that tawfiq is gone, then on the one side, that drive is gone, the righteousness is all now far away from him. There's no more any restlessness if he doesn't do good. Rather, when he does evil, he sometimes starts feeling so-called comfortable about it, that deception of comfort. Starts feeling so-called happy about it, the deception of happy, the same happiness like the poison, that sweet poison, just the very, very temporary taste of sweetness on the tongue, just as soon as it starts rolling down into the throat, it starts burning. So that so-called deception, that deception of happiness, so-called happiness, he starts feeling in the sun and feels, I'm fine. But that's taking him deeper and deeper into the mess, deeper and deeper into the problems. And Allah forbid way he finishes off. 
to cause deliberately cause pain to Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is the worst sin that a person can commit this obviously was the most terrible thing that could have ever happened but after Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam left dunya does this still apply that can this still happen that a person can cause pain to Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam so in one hadith sharif it is mentioned that the a'mal of the ummah are presented from time to time to nabiy kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam some riwayat mondays and thursdays is mentioned in the more authentic riwayat it is mentioned that it is presented to allah taala but in some other riwayat even it is mentioned about being presented to nabiy kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam so now nabiy kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam that's our aqida he is been blessed with a life in his power the shuhada themselves are alive wala taqulu liman yuqtalu fi sabilillahi amwat bal ahya'u walakin la tash'urun any shaheed allah taala says don't call them dead any shaheed is alive what can we speak about the anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam and what can we speak about sayyidul rusul sayyidina rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so that's our aqeedah that's our belief hayat of nabiy kareem sallallahu alayhi now in this Allah Taala has given them this hayat. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the amal of the ummah are presented to him. So the amal of the ummah are presented to him. So what goes through the Mubarak heart? And now one is to think about this in a very collective manner. I should think about it as what is my situation when my amal are presented, and each one of us has to think about it from our side of it as our issue. when my amal are presented what am i becoming the means of though obviously this is not done deliberately but what are we doing nevertheless what we have committed with our eyes when that is presented what is it becoming the means of what we have been doing with our tongues when that is presented what is becoming the means of and what we are doing from day to night and night to day what comfort or what discomfort is causing to the mubarak heart now one is an individual then as a small group and then if it's in the ummah at large and such actions that become rife in the ummah then what is the outcome of this so this is a point of reflection that while on the one side we feel the pain for whatever we undergo and what others undergo but at the same time we have to reflect this is the most important thing the reflection when there's a problem then one is that how to try and take care of whatever has already been lost or whatever has been damaged but the more important thing is to cut the source of the problem if there's a fire then one is to douse the fire but more important that that is stop that fuel that's feeding the fire because if that fuel is feeding the fire that is not stopped no matter how much water is poured on it 
He's not going to extinguish the fire. He's just going to keep rekindling it. So while this is very important, but this is even more important. So now just to touch on few items, few aspects that are mentioned in the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wherein this has been stated that Allah's la'anat comes on these amal, on these actions. And just to reflect, these are just a few aspects that are from various ahadiths. There are so many ahadiths that discuss this different actions, different sins that become the means of the la'anat of Allah Ta'ala coming upon a person. But we don't realize that we are under this lanat. And we are looking for the solution in everything else. So these are just some examples, but this is just meant to make us start thinking and becoming concerned and looking further, coming to the ulama ikram and asking what other ahadis are there. Give me the full list. I need to see whether I am, Allah forbid, falling into any category that draws down Allah Ta'ala's lanat. So now some of the ahadith that are mentioned in one hadith sharif Nabi Kareem says that Allah is a very very commonly discussed hadith but at the same time unfortunately it is a pandemic beyond any other pandemic that we probably heard of the pandemic of the sins of the eye the haram that is watched. And it's like no conscience left. It doesn't matter anymore. It's like this, well, everybody is doing it. So what? Whereas Nabi Kareem says, The person who commits the sin of haram glances, he's looking at haram, he's looking at non-mahrams, or he's looking at other filth, whatever sinful actions he's getting involved in by looking at haram, Allah's la'anat upon him. Well, manzura ilay, that woman who did not cover herself correctly and she just emerged and as a result she was now looked at equally the la'anat on her as well. Now this is something which people don't even give it a second thought. This is now part of life. What I'm looking at, everybody's looking at. So nothing different about me. So why should I worry about it? But if this is what's bringing the lanat upon us, then we're looking for the solution everywhere else. So the fuel is now being fed into the fire from this action. How is anything else going to now douse that fire? Now this is just one example which is often discussed. Now this is such a fire that burns up all the goodness in the heart. All that tawfiq gets taken away, that drive towards righteousness, that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, the devotion in salah, the feeling to now make some ibadat, make some tilawat, person would rather be doing something else, he'd rather be stuck on YouTube, and rather be on some social media, than even read just a few pages of the Quran Sharif. And hours will go away in that. But now, in those hours, how much of lanat is raining on the heart, then the effect of that lanat on the immediate surroundings. Now, when there's lanat, and lanat around a person, the others feel, without realizing why, they feel some discomfort, they feel some unease. They can't relate easily to the person. 
everything seems to be a problem now. Everything seems to be triggering something. Out of nothing, things are getting triggered off. So now this becomes a very, very bouldering thing that, how, what's happening now? Small, small things like this, trivial things are becoming a problem for such, such major problems are coming out of trivial things. But there's something else. Sometimes that gas is not visible. Can't see. But the person is breathing it and he's feeling uneasy now. He's having his chest is tightening. You see, what's going on? Can't see anything happening. He can't see it, but he's breathing it. That what he's breathing, that what is not visible, but he's tightening his chest and now suddenly he's battling to breathe. So likewise, these sins create a gas of lanat. And now the person himself feels so uneasy and uncomfortable. And now to try and pacify that discomfort is looking for something else and one thing after another and that's just getting worse and then people around him are getting triggered over every small thing and he's now getting more triggered over that each one is blaming the other but are we bringing down the lanat of Allah Ta'ala upon ourselves is something for us to think about then one other hadith sharif in one hadith Nabi Islam says Allahu man la'ana walidayh Allah's curse upon the one who curses his parents. For the Sahaba Ikram, this was something unimaginable. So they even asked, Qalu Ya Rasulullah, Kefa walidayh? How can this be? How will this ever happen? That a person will curse his parents, or he'll swear at his parents. Will this, can this happen? So Nabi Karim Salaam gave them an answer which they could understand in that context and that that period of time, Nabi Islam said, yes, this can happen. How it can happen? That he ends up first, now there's some quarrel between two people, and they start over some small trivial matter, they start fighting over something, arguing, quarreling, but because this insan, he can't accept that let somebody else have the last say. I must have the last say. Even if I don't know what to say, I must still have the last say. So I must try and find something and if I don't know what to say, if it doesn't make any sense also, but I must have the last say. And then every person must have the last say. So out of something that was so trivial, that it was laughable. That children will laugh at it. That their parents are fighting over this. But that then goes one level above the other and starts escalating so now likewise two people start quarreling over something very trivial and something laughable but then as it goes eventually now one person got nothing to say but he still wants to have the last say so what he does he swears that person's father in the anger so now when he saw that person's father what's going to be the reaction without a moment of hesitation that person swears his father Nabi Islam says he is as if he has himself sworn at his father because he became the means of it. And in that period of time, this was the only way this could be imagined. That it can happen indirectly. Directly, unimaginable. But in this period of time, what is left? What is unimaginable anymore? Person just starts cursing anybody, swearing at anybody. He says, no, it just become my habit. I can't control my tongue. It's just become my habit. So now you say, but 
how come this control your tongue if supposing you're going to buy something? Now you've never heard about somebody that is going to buy something. Every time he's buying something, something is worth 100 rand. He's saying, no, no, can I buy this for 1000 rand? And he's giving 1000 rand for it. So somebody tells him, but how come? Every time you're buying something, you're giving 10 times the price and people are taking you for it. He says, it's just my habit, man. I just can't control my tongue. And when he's selling something, is worth 100,000. Somebody comes around, he says, take it for 5,000. He says, well, how come you did this? He says, I just can't control my tongue. It's just my habit. We've never heard such a habit. When it comes to money matters, everybody's habit is perfect. When it comes to money matters, how to save that extra ram, and how to get the best deal, and how to do everything to the best benefit of one, then everybody's tongue is super under control. But when it comes to swearing somebody, when it comes to now backbiting and ribat, when it comes to now all other kinds of vulgarity, obscenity, then a person says, this become my habit. I got no control over my tongue. It's not we got no control over our tongue. We have decided what we want to do. So that has become the habit, so to say. But otherwise, why in money matters there's no such habit? That a person starts just losing everything all the time. Every time he's just selling something for half the price and quarter the price, says my habit. I don't know, I just can't control my tongue. I just give the person 90% discount. No, no, he asked for discount, I just made it 90%. Just can't control my tongue. Never ever heard it. He asked for discount, he asked him, what do you think, you're running the shop on fresh air. So now there suddenly all the akal comes in, all the intelligence comes in, a person knows the right things to say to save himself. But when the loss of akhirat is happening, then there's nothing, there's no understanding of how I should save myself from this loss. So this is one hadith of the Biya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa Now how this kind of conversations take place, how people speak to their parents, how they just talk to them anyhow, backchat them, curse them. Allah forbid, this is bringing down the curse of la'anat of Allah ta'ala upon the person himself. Then in one hadith, Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa Allah has, Allah's la'anat upon khamr, upon intoxication. Khamr, wine, and any intoxication is all in the same category. And in the hadith sharif, ten categories of people associated with that intoxication have been all cursed. The one who makes it, the one who buys it, the one who sells it, the one who transports it. In the case of now wine, the one who squeezes that juice out of that grape to make that wine. The one for whom it was squeezed out. The one who merely served it. Meaning this is such a, an accursed thing in the court of Allah Ta'ala. And in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, it is so accursed that the mere association with it at some level, that person too becomes accursed. Now whether this is any drug, whatever it might be, any form of intoxication, all this falls into the same category. And any level of association with this draws down Allah Ta'ala's la'nat. Now when the la'nat of Allah Ta'ala is being drawn down in such large, all over the place. So now what's going to be the outcome of it? Then in another hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Allah's lanat 
upon those men who imitate women. And Allah lanat upon those women who imitate men. Imitate men or men imitating women. So whatever it might be, the more common situation, women adopting the attire of men, dressing up in the way that men dress, what is known to be the originally and traditionally now they so-called, they say no there's no more, it's all, na'uzubillah, one gender, there's all shaitan inspired words, what is traditionally known to be male clothing. Now women are wearing it, and well everybody is wearing it so it's fine, but is this not tashabbuh? This tashabbuh and this imitation, imitation of the opposite gender, this draws down the lanat of Allah Ta'ala. There's so much of detail to it, but this is one common, very common issue. But now, when things become prevalent and common, then even it goes out of the mind that there's something wrong with it. That it has to be changed. That this is bringing Allah's lanat. Then among the many many ahadith that are mentioned, in one hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu has sounded out the lanat of Allah Ta'ala on anything to do with interest. Allahu akila riba wa mukilahu wa shahidayhi wa katibayhi wa qalahum sawa. Allah's lanat on the one who gives interest, who takes it. The one who is ascribed to it. The one who witnesses the transaction. Now, this is so detested by Allah Ta'ala that even at this level of just being associated with that transaction. If this has ever happened, it requires sincere toba And to make every effort to get out of it completely. Not to have any, anything to do with any level of interest. Whether it is anything to do with interest from borrowing, whether it is anything to do with any insurance, whether something else, all this has the elements of interest involved in it. All this, what it's bringing down upon us, these are things to reflect. So, when we look at the halat of the ummah, we look at ourselves, and as discussed, what are we becoming the source of? Are we bringing comfort to the Mubarak heart of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Oh Allah forbid, are we causing taklif? And if we are causing taklif in the light of this ayat, where are we heading to? So we need to reflect, we need to obviously, on the one hand, whatever difficulties come, whether it is somebody close and near and dear to us, whether it's somebody we don't know but it's part of the ummah, no matter where it might be and who it might be, it's a dictates of imam to feel the pain of the ummah. Ummah is like one body. And any part of the body pains, the entire body naturally feels the pain. And if some part of the body doesn't feel the pain, it's dead. Then probably gangrene has set in. So if something has happened in some part of the body of the ummah, and if somebody doesn't feel anything about it, we have to reflect, are we alive as part of this ummah, body of ummah, or are we dead? Spiritual gangrene has set in, what has happened? And if that some life is there, it will move a person to do what he can. He can make dua, he can make salatul haja, he can make some amal to make the dua more effective. He can give some sadaqah. He can contribute towards alleviating the difficulties of others. There's so many things that can be done which he should do. So that is one very important part which we should always be 
doing the best we can. But apart from that, the very important aspect is to be reflecting on our amal, to bring back deen alive in our own lives, in the lives of our families, in the lives of the ummah at large. The things that are going to change conditions, the top of the list is taqwa. To the extent that we as a ummah adopt taqwa, Allah Ta'ala loves the muttaqeen, Allah Ta'ala protects the muttaqeen, to the extent that we bring taqwa alive, the starting point of taqwa is sincere toba. So to bring toba alive and toba with that taqwa, and then together with that, all the amal that go along with it, the salah, then charity and sadaqah and dua, these are all things that we have to get involved in and increase. And the most important thing that's involved in taqwa is giving up sin, giving up haram. That is taqwa what it's all about. All the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, that is what we have to get far away from. That is what tawbah all about. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala grant ease and afiyat to the entire ummah. Allah Ta'ala save us from all the difficulties and hardships. And Allah Ta'ala protect our deen, our iman, protect the deen and iman and amal of every Muslim, protect the life, honor and wealth of every Muslim. Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat in deen and dunya. Allah <laughs> Allah, 
In your countless bounties and blessings shower upon us every moment, Ya Allah. In Allah, Ya Allah, you blessed us with the greatest wealth of Iman, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you blessed us with countless other blessings, Ya Allah. In Allah, we have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. Despite your countless blessings, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have been so blatantly sinning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we've been doing all the things that draw down your lanat, Ya Allah. Ilahul we have been so shameless in our actions, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we have been hiding from dunya, but we didn't realize, and we forgot we cannot hide from you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we make you sincere toba tonight, Ya Allah. In your house, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, they are elderly among us, Ya Allah. They are little children among us, Ya Allah. Allah, surely somebody's army you'll accept, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, show your makhirat of the ummah, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat of the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, Ya Allah, we have brought down lanas upon ourselves, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant us the tawfiq, Ya Allah. You grant us the tawfiq of tawbah, Ya Allah. Allah, you save us from all those actions that bring down lanas upon ourselves, Ya Allah. Allahulalamin, bring us onto taqwa, ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of taqwa, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us live a life of taqwa, ya Allah. Save us from a life of disobedience, ya Allah. Save us from the sins, ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes, ya Allah. The sins of the ears and tongue, ya Allah. The sins of the hands and feet, ya Allah. Ya Allah, cleanse our hearts out of all sins and evil, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fill our heart with the love of His Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Enable us to live His Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from following the ways of His enemies, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we embrace the lifestyle of His enemies, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we swear them with our tongues, Ya Allah. And we embrace the lifestyle that each got our hearts in it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive this crime of ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the imitation of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Save us from following in the footsteps of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to realize where our benefit lies, Ya Allah. Allah, you granted us the most beautiful deed, Ya Allah. You granted us the most beautiful, the sunnah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, we have become blinded by all the evils, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from this blindness, Ya Allah. Grant us, the, ya Allah, the ability to see the reality, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you give us istiqamat on deen, Ya Allah. Give us istiqamat on iman and amal, Ya Allah. Save us from all the vices and sins, Ya Allah. Cleanse our hearts out of all the evils, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with every goodness, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with all the noble qualities of iman, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, make us true believers, Ya Allah. Make us the true ummatis of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Allah, throughout the world, Ya Allah. Wherever the Muslims are in any pain and suffering, Ya Allah. Remove their pain and suffering, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect them, Ya Allah. You grant them refuge, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, there's only refuge with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, there's no other place but your refuge, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant refuge to the believers, Ya Allah. You grant your special protection, Ya Allah. You bless with your hifazat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become the, ya Allah, the helper, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become our helper, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, there is none but you, Ya Allah. 
Allahul Alamin, all those who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to Allah, Ya Allah, you grant us all that which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Allahul Alamin, our greatest need, Ya Allah, is to become yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah, and make us yours, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi ma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil alim